Okay, welcome to Inside Flicks. This is our weekly box office report. There were some big, surprising results this week. Uh, Rich, tell us which movies made the top five this past weekend. The number one film in America is Creed 3 with 58.3 million. Coming in number two is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania with 12.8 million. Number three is Cocaine Bear with 11.1 million. Number four is the new uh, Crunchyroll film, Demon Slayer with 10.1 million. Round out the top five is Jesus Revolution with 8.4 million. A big result for Michael B. Jordan for his directorial debut for Creed 3. Yeah. This did better than what studio ex- expected. Uh, what's your thoughts on this number? Because I think this says a lot about, uh, I think it says a lot about the audience taste for something different than the MCU or comic book movies. Yeah, I yeah. totally, I totally thought it was going to be like what, like what you predicted, like 30, 35 to forty maybe at the max. Mm-hmm. Um, but to come, you know, with an extra almost twenty million extra, that's phenomenal for uh, this this franchise. Yeah, I'm I'm completely blown away because I thought this was gonna make like twenty million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I watched the movie and um I I I don't think it's that great. I don't think it's very special. So I'm I'm really blown away that you know people are responding to the movie and that it 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 looks like it's gonna have a very strong second weekend hold and yeah, it's yeah. it's got a lot of good word of mouth for everyone who saw it. Yeah, it comes uh with a cinema score A minus and. Rotten Tomato score is ninety six percent of the audience. Uh, it's it's overwhelmingly positive. Well, I think if you look, if you look at the numbers, it looked like it skewed a little more younger audience. I think mm-hmm. it also had a, a really good black and Latino audience turnout. Yeah, yeah, the turnout for black and Latinos did uh, did very well. You know, also I think there's I think for a lot of the younger audiences, like the Creed franchise is like fresh. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they haven't seen anything like this before. And what I mean by that is I I think a lot of you know. The people that are giving this like A's and stuff haven't seen a Rocky movie before. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the ones that have are like you know a bit more critical because this is a you know kind of by the numbers boxing movie. But well, I think it, I think boxing movies inherently has a by the numbers kind of storyline. It's always about that's true fighting a, a villain or it's always about competition. Um, I th- I think you're right. I think there there is a a younger generation who has no clue about what the Rocky franchise stood for or what it's about and really just love Creed and love Michael B. Jordan. And Michael B. Jordan really needed this because his uh, previous attempts for franchising uh, has failed, although he he does have like, I think, a rainbow six in the mix. Uh, but uh, he, yeah, he really needed this. And it seems like, you know, this is his uh, his his franchise to lead. Yeah, it being his directorial debut, it, it, it really gives him high marks on, on being a director. Um, and from what he did with this film, I, I'm pretty sure it was a it was a small um, production budget. And from what he did with it, I think he did pretty w- fairly well with it. Yeah, he did. I think he did a smart thing here because he went around and said that he was inspired by uh, anime and manga. He was a huge mm-hmm. self-professed anime and manga fan. And I think uh, that has kind of pricked the ears of a lot of young audiences who love uh, anime and manga. To me, because I did see the movie too. I don't think some of that stuff worked in the film, especially in the final confrontation. I think that actually drew me out of the movie. Yeah. But I could see why a lot of people are saying, well, the fight scenes here are not only totally different, but a lot more exciting. And it's because like, it has that Omega-inspired uh, uh, fighting sequence or a fighting style. I, I wasn't really expecting that kind of manga um, at, the end, at the end fight. <laughs> Uh, that kind of, kind of uh, drew me off the picture too. I mean, uh, it, it, can't, it was just too uh, dreamlike sequenced for me, and it didn't make sense. But I think for anime fans, it makes total sense. 
But I like the the anime sense that it on that first the very first uh, opening fight right. where he looked at the guy's ribs and that, I could tell that was you know anime and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and if he would have stuck with that kind of style I wouldn't minded that at all. Well, the, the thing is, you're in the minor or you're in the uh, minority because everyone's saying that you know this is a, a, a really exciting fight movie and right I. You know, me being more of a traditionalist when it comes to at least for Rocky fan, or for Rocky films, uh, you would Rocky films are kind of known for its gritty, realistic style. This took a, a different route, but um, but it, it paid off because it was a huge hit and people seemed to really really love it. Yeah, from when I when I heard he, he um saying that the anime he has anime style added to it, I was hoping maybe he even uh, um. Uh, um, like that, uh, a sequence in Kill Bill, where he went full animation in it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't mind even that. You'd be pushing but, it even more. Yeah, I mean, I think it's better used uh, as a memory. If he's, if, mm-hmm. if they show a sequence in in the film as a memory, that they could they could do that kind of stylized. Let's talk about its box office future. Mark is filled with a bunch of movies, big movies. John yeah. Wick is just around the corner, and everyone's expecting that to be a huge phenomenon. Does Creed Three does it have enough to stand the competition? The next next couple of weeks of competition, uh, it, it has enough to to stand the top five for a while. I mean, I think it's going to have at least two more weeks in the top five. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to probably stick around in the top five for yeah, kind of like what we're saying, probably like two or three more weeks, maybe maybe even four, but um. I, I do think that it's going to have significant drops because, I mean, Scream, is gonna, Scream next week is going to be massive. Yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of competition. Yeah. I think Creed 3 came out at the perfect time. It didn't have that many films that they, they had to compete with. There's, I think the next couple of weeks is going to show if this movie has the power to stand up with some of these big films. Even though if, if it gets squeezed out of the box office because of the, the onslaught of m- new movies, I think with this huge number for this weekend, it's a win for everyone involved in the film. And now let's talk about the number two film, Ant-Man and the Wasps. Another huge, huge drop, almost 60%. That's like nails in the yes. coffin right there. To have a, a, a big drop was to be expected, but 60? Nah, that's just... Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume it's going to have another huge drop next week too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's done for. I mean, the quality speaks for itself. All right, let's now get into the rest of the top 10, Rich. Coming to number six is Avatar The Way of Water. Number seven is a new film from Guy Ritchie, Operation Fortune. Number eight is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Number nine is Magic Mike's Last Dance. And round out the top 10, it's 84 Brady. All right, now let's look ahead to next week. Rich, tell us what movies are coming out in theaters this weekend. Opening up in wide release is Scream 6, the latest installment in the Scream film franchise in which the infamous Ghostface Killer hits the savage streets of New York City. Courtney Cox returns as legacy survivor Gail Weathers, as does Scream 4 alum Hayden Pintieri. Uh, also joining the film is Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, and Jasmine Savoy Brown. Also opening up is 65, the new sci-fi action thriller from the writers of A Quiet Place, starring Adam Driver as a spaceship pilot who crash lands on an uncharted planet filled with deadly dinosaurs. And Champions, the new uh, basketball comedy from director Bobby Farrelly, starring Woody Harrelson as a disgraced basketball coach who is ordered by the court to coach a team of players with special needs. Opening up in limited release is Unicorn Wars, in theaters and on VOD, a new animated surrealistic horror comedy from the acclaimed Spanish filmmaker and illustrator Alberto Vasquez, 
of Bird Boy the Forgotten Children fame. All right, let's talk about Scream 6's prospects. Uh, it's got to be probably one of the bigger films of, of March, right? Yeah, with popularity of uh, Jenna Ortega, Wednesday fame. That's going gonna, uh, gonna to skyrocket the film, and uh, this is the best place for it. Also, Scream has, like, I, I feel like has, like, uh, there's just a big demand for it. Like, there's a big popularity for it. Like, I've been noticing and uh, all the movie theaters, and this doesn't, this hasn't really been happening lately for movies. But people have been just buying up all the Scream merchandise, like all the popcorn uh, oh. tubs and and, so, and soda things and selling them online. Uh-huh. And all the plushies that they sell at the theaters and like people are selling that and they're selling for like $200 and like for, for like, you know, a, a popcorn tin with a with a with a cup. <laughs> right. And um, that just makes me think that, that there that there's a, a higher demand for this than, than ever. Uh, in fact, uh, I, uh, Cinemark like is, like they have um, on their website that you can you can pre-order popcorn tins and stuff like that, just wow. so people can stop buying them on eBay. <laughs> and they never do stuff like that, you know. They they normally don't sell those things online, but they are for Scream. So I I think this is gonna be a franchise best. Scream Three had the biggest opening at, with uh, thirty four million. I think this is gonna be like a, a fifty million opening, and it's gonna top the the thirty million of the last Scream movie. Well, just look at what Creed Three was able to do right. with 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 that film. I think Scream Six is gonna do a, a, a little bit better. I think this might come into sixty. You think it do sixty? Yeah, I think it's gonna do sixty, and and I think a lot of it has to do with the fan base. Also, the kind of this new '90s nostalgia wave, and also yeah. uh, horror fans have been just going to the movie theaters lately. I also like to say that we're now getting to a, a different stage of IP franchising, uh, where it's becoming more um, less about legacy and more about kind of the new characters. And I, we saw this in Creed, where Adonis is taking over the Rocky franchise, and I think with this one. A lot of the younger uh, castmates are taking over the franchise. Jenna Ortega is huge right now. And so mm-hmm. I think uh, well, some of these franchises are going to be less about the legacy characters and more about the new characters. And maybe that's the new phase of the, this type of franchise movies. Yeah, and I think, I think it's going to be a huge number for Scream 6. You know, Scream is always a huge uh, horror franchise winner in, in these uh, horror con- conventions. Fans do show up for those things, and they're going to show up for this film, definitely. Unfortunately, um, Champions and 65, I'm not expecting, you know, to be huge box office hits. Champions, which has not been, you know, well marketed at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to kind of go looking for the trailer for this movie. <laughs> I didn't even see, I didn't see the trailer for this in theaters. Um, oh, wow, really? So, yeah, so I don't, this, I, I have, the marketing for this movie has just been awful yeah but um i want to say this is the bobby Farrelly's solo debut i think so I'm, i could be wrong but I, th- I think it is but um i think the movie looks pretty good actually and uh, i think it it will find a small audience and uh i think since the movie looks like it probably didn't cost more than like 20 million i'm guessing <laughs> um that uh it'll, it'll It'll end up being a profitable film, but I think it's going to open to about like um, eight million, hopefully. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's be perfectly fine for like a kind of feel good a basketball comedy 
Woody Harrelson uh, recently was in SNL trying to promote the movie. Uh, unfortunately, he had some bad <laughs> reception for that uh, monologue. But I, I think there's a lot of people who like Woody Harrelson, and I think they will go out to see this movie. Uh, is it going to break fi- top five? I'm not sure, but um, there's a possibility that people are in the mood for this type of stuff. But go ahead. Yeah, it could get that 80 for Brady um, uh, audience, too. And then, uh, be, yeah, you know, a surprising yeah, exactly. small hit. Yeah, yeah. And it did the the movie was the AMC sneak peek of the last week, and uh, it did get a, a good word of mouth from that. We'll did, oh, did it? Did it? Did mm-hmm. it get good reviews? Positive reviews. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, let's talk about streaming. What can we stream this week on Disney Plus? Uh, Chang Can Dunk, a new coming of age high school basketball drama. Also streaming this week on Netflix is Luther, The Fallen Son. Idris Elba is back as British detective John Luther in this new film adaption of the acclaimed crime thriller series. Also making its streaming debut on Peacock is Push and Boost, The Last Wish, which is the hit animated sequel. All right. Um, before we go, because Creed was number one this weekend, uh, boxing's on the mind. Everyone's talking about boxing movies, their favorite boxing movies. Now, obviously, the Rocky films is in everyone's list. Raging Bull is in everyone's list. What other boxing movies that uh, would, would make it on your list? Well, there's plenty of good boxing movies out there, but I think one that's that uh, I kind of want to watch right now is, is Cinderella Man again. Uh, the Ron Howard, Russell Crowe boxing film? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 um, I had that in my mind uh, um, to, to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raymond, what's some of your favorite boxing movies? Oh, uh, I really like um, The Fighter. Yes. Oh, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, uh, with yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale. Uh, and I like uh, Million Dollar Baby, the Clint Eastwood movie with uh, Hilary Swank. Mm-hmm. And um, with Southpaw Boxing? Yeah. Yes. Okay, and uh, Southpaw. I think Southpaw is an uh, underrated boxing movie. The Jake sure. Gyllenhaal boxing movie? Yeah, one of his best performances. Yeah, yeah, it's a strong film. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to go Colt. If people love the kind of the anime-inspired boxing uh, films, I would suggest uh, everyone try to find Tokyo Fist. This is a 1990s uh, Japanese film from one of my favorite cult filmmakers, Shinya Sokomoto. He also stars in it. I wouldn't say it's a boxing movie per se, but it's, no. it, it deals with a boxer, and it deals with violence, obsession with violence. A very graphic movie, and very much inspired by anime. There you go. Tokyo Fist, one, one of my favorite kind of uh, cult movies of the 90s. Yeah, I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. I, think it's, I, I think it's very much in that vein of, of Fight Club. I would say Fight Club is a good boxing movie if you if you want to go yeah, underground I, too. I, I, sure, I'd, I'd say um, even uh, the, what they've been uh, saying. Most people were saying the um, what was it? Warrior. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people have been uh, mentioning Warrior uh, mm-hmm. when they do the Creed um, reviews. Yeah, and, Warrior is pretty decent, um, yeah, which is not it, a boxing film. Uh, it's a UF. Oh yeah, a UFC film. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty decent. Um, but I think for the for the for the Creed fans, for the for the for the for the Creed three fans, you got to recommend uh, Real Steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to go futuristic. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about Creed. Uh, let's uh, let's get into a review of Creed three. Uh, this is a the new movie that came out this past weekend, and we got a chance to see it. I think the reason why I want to talk about it is really mostly the disconnect that we felt about the movie because it seems like everyone really loves this movie. Yeah. And we are just not feeling it. And I don't want to speak for you two, 
I really felt that this is the less or the, the least favorite Creed movies. I think if you're gonna, if I had to rank the Creed movies, I would say the first one is the best one, the second one is the second best, and the third one is like far from the far bottom. Yeah, I don't think it's even a good movie. Where I would say the first two are actually good movies. But what's your thoughts about Creed three? Uh, I should say this is the Michael B. Jordan directorial debut. He stars in it. John DeMajors is the main villain. He plays Damien or Dame. And uh, it's really just a showdown between these two, Adonis Creed and Damien, who are, they have a connection in the past and we'll talk about that. But yeah, what was your thoughts yeah. on Creed well, 3? Let me, let, me, let me start off by saying that I actually can kind of see why critics like this movie, mm-hmm. but I'm blown away by like the audience reception for the film. Because uh, as, as, I would feel like, especially like, you know, Rocky fans and, you know, boxing movie fans in general would think that this is just like one of the most lamest, like, the, like you know, <laughs> the most lamest thing since Father Stew. You know, I, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the, the, the praise for the movie, except for, again, except for maybe critics, because I feel like critics can maybe relate to, to Creed in this movie, you know very out of touch and <laughs> very, you know, yeah. lost. Well, when, yeah, when, but... when we see Creed in this movie, he's already kind of retired. He's already yeah, kind of... Which a... is a bizarre choice. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, like, I... why would why they do that? The, like, do save that for Creed 5, right? Well, I, I, well, didn't that happen in Rocky 3? Wasn't Rocky 3 he was kind of always... always he was all, already semi-retired. He was always kind of... He was already kind of rich. He was... Isn't that the robot one where... Um, that was four. That was four. Okay, four where he was rich and he was already kind of out of out of the game. Well, he was already rich in Rocky two. Was he? But uh, okay, if I remember correctly, right? Or or was it Rocky three? Maybe it was right. Rocky three. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, probably Rocky three. But I like. But I don't know. For me, like, I remember like when I watched the Rocky movies when I was a little kid for the first time. I, yeah. I kind of watched them all in over a week or something like that. And I remember. Um, you know, when you see Rocky rich, you know, and like living mm-hmm. a high life, but he's still Rocky, you know what I mean? He's still like that same, like, you know, uh, 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 he's that still the same guy from the, the first film. He, he hasn't changed. He's still the character, which makes you kind of like root for him and kind of like, yeah, man, you deserve this success. You deserve all this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't feel that with Michael B. Jordan's Creed, <laughs> especially since like, if I remember correctly, wasn't he already like, rich in the first movie like no i don't i can't you didn't know what, it's have like no i think he was kind of a bastard child someone but he, yeah, he was and i don't know if he was rich but he was certainly a well he had like two lives and one of the he had the rich life like he had he had, he but he decided to you know he he liked the the other life more but he had two homes right oh did he i can't even remember because he had a mom also <laughs> He had a mom also that lived in, uh, and and you know his father's home, right? And he was always like, "I don't, you're not my real mom." <laughs> I guess so. I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't even remember the first two. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've watched them. <laughs> if I'm being honest, also. And to be honest, I I think I don't even necessarily like the Adonis Creed character uh, at all. Especially in this movie, <laughs> where he is such a. I really don't like him in this movie. Yeah, I, I and and I I. I Unlike the critics, I have really kind of fallen out of uh, 
I, I don't. I don't think Michael B. Jordan is a good actor anymore. <laughs> He's. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is a very. He was very good in in the fruit stale. Fruitvale Station. Station. He's very good when he's working with Ryan Coogler, but when he's working mm -hmm. with other directors or and and and, and even now himself. with himself, I don't really see him as a really good actor. He's he's fine. Uh, uh, there's well, certain... this is him in his most Walt Mark Wahlberg kind of stage. Like he's very kind of he's not bad in the movie. I think he's I think he's still good. Yeah, but uh, but he's kind of like just in the. Uh, an autopilot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean he's not really giving any effort but i also feel that the whole movie is like an <laughs> autopilot yeah i do i do i did feel the feel the same way because i think creed three there was you know when we when we meet uh creed when we meet adonis he's already kind of semi-retired he's now a manager of of, of a boxer who's now the up-and-comer a latino boxer and um Jonathan Majors. Which made me just want to watch uh, the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler. Yes, I think that's the thing is, you know, Hustle was, 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 was one of my favorite movies of last year. And I think it understands that, uh, that, that kind of structure, that sports structure where you, you work with a un, where you work with an un, untapped talent. And that, this movie didn't have any of that. So I don't understand what was the appeal of the movie there, for a lot of know, people. I know. But also another thing that, um, that Hustle had was, it felt very, um, it's a sports movie, but it felt very kind of grounded and realistic in a way where it felt like you were watching a drama. Mm -hmm, yes. And I think that also applies to the first Creed. Less so to Creed 2, but I think it's still applied a little bit to Creed 2. That's completely gone here. I mean, this is a straight up just a formulaic sports movie. Mm -hmm. All the drama that's here, it's just like, hey, uh, uh, Creed. I, what drama was there? I mean, Creed's rich. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem with the movie. There's no really kind of, um, I think it lacks a kind of um, reason or like a, a driving force. I mean, like in, in the uh, typical Rocky movie, there is a reason to fight the villain character. It's either he's fighting for the love of his wife, it's fighting for his family, he's fighting for financial stakes. There's no stakes in this movie at all. And and although John, I would say Jonathan Majors, they're personal. <laughs> yeah, this is all about. It really, it's just about ego, which even makes me less, you know, want to like it. I mean, I I I really kind of was very sympathetic with the Jonathan Majors character, Damien or Dame, as they call him in the movie, because he seemed like he had at least a reason to fight. He is the he's really the underdog of the movie of this underdog yeah. film where. It should be, it should be Adonis who should be the underdog, but uh, uh, what was your thoughts on Jonathan Majors as this character and his maybe the the character's lack of, of of trying to be a villain? I mean, he he is supposed to be the villain, but I kind of liked him in the whole movie. Well, I'll say this: yeah, I I agree with you that I I definitely liked him more than the Creed character, but at the same time, I just felt that he was just so poorly written <laughs> that the he just felt so corny. Like, I could tell that they're they're trying to make him this very kind of like grounded and dramatic character, especially with the whole backstory that they give him. <laughs> but for me, he was like ten times more cartoony than like a uh, Mister T and and Rocky Three Clubber Lang. Um, I don't I don't know. I, he, it's the it's the script that for me that really that really you know did did him a disservice. But he's given a good performance. He's definitely better in this than he was in Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying and, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's a great actor, but 
Uh, this, the screenplay, I don't think, is doing him any favors. I saw him in Devotion, which is the the war or the Korean War um, Navy pilot um, drama, and he's uh-huh. such a in in that movie. He, he's playing a real person, and he's playing uh, a a hero, really. And um, he's just an internal actor. He's more kind of like a De Niro type, where he doesn't say much. I think he does better when he doesn't have doesn't have a lot to say in the script. And it's all about looks and 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 the way he uses his body to perf- as a performance. Uh, I don't think you. It, 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 that's hard to pull off for a villain. You need you need something like Mr. T. You need this cartoon character because that's what makes these Rocky movies so great or these Creed movies so great. Well, he he came off cartoony, right? Cartoony in the in the bad sense. I mean, you need a cart- like a like a really uh, you know he needs to come out and really like scream and like like make fun of his, people's families, you know, like he needs to be like yeah. a, a villain. He needs to be like kind of, I think that's what. They made him too sympathetic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, actually, I was much more interested in, in his backstory that we never got. And I, I don't know if that was intentional or because they want, maybe they want to bring this character back and maybe they'll do a spinoff of this character. I think the problem. I feel like they're definitely going to bring the character back. Yeah, it seems like it. I think the, the, the the fact that this movie was such a box office hit, uh, that it shows that you know there's an audience who are who are hungry for this type of drama, but also I think looking at the movie itself, I think the bad thing about about this is that this is almost feels like the 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 MCU. Uh, it's it feels like an MCU type of uh, influence because it seems like there's a lot of characters and and in the film that feel like, oh, we're building this for a new spinoff character, or we're reintroducing some old characters because we're going to do a spinoff. I like the fact that people are feeling that they need a human drama, but also feel like this is also part of the problem too. Don't you feel like that's there's some of some of the characters in the movie feel like they're, they're only been introduced or reintroduced in, in the, in the movie because well, I don't know. I feel like the daughters be definitely being set up for like future sequels, mm-hmm. like maybe like uh, another Creed fran- another Creed spinoff, like you know, one once the franchise stops making money. <laughs> yeah, and I think yeah, I think Jonathan Majors' character also seems like he's going to come back. This is like the the influence of these comic book movies or these franchise movies, where it's not just about this one single story that we're telling. We're, we're also setting up branches for multiple stories and or or a creed universe and i think uh that's again uh, to me that's a problem yeah i'm I'm not necessarily convinced that they're gonna be doing all that because i know that they're doing a um a a drago spinoff right yeah yeah but is michael b jordan like involved with that is he like a producer on that or is that like completely different different create i i think that's the same it's the same producer but i don't think michael b jordan oh, it is yeah ivan oh okay okay uh, Ivan Winkler, I think. Um, oh yeah, no, no, he's definitely trying to do some MCU stuff. Yeah, that's what that, that was. What, that's what I was trying to say. That Ivan Winkler okay. and his son, who's now the producers of this franchise, and there was this big uh, deal, this but commotion. Think, look, as much as I don't like this movie, I think Michael B. Jordan was, you know, I don't think he was focused on trying to make a movie that was like setting up a bunch of things. I think he's he was just trying to make a Creed movie. Okay. And I think that's kind of part of the problem with the movie because um, Creed 2 uh, is definitely not as good as Creed 1. But I like Creed 2 uh, enough. But Creed 2 is essentially like a Rocky movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a Rocky movie. It's more of a Rocky movie than a Creed movie. 
uh, unlike you know the first Creed, which was definitely a, a Creed movie. Um, and then th- this is a this feels like a Rocky movie, but it feels like it takes all the worst elements of all the Rocky sequels. And then on top of it, you don't even have Rocky there. You have like this Creed character, which in my yeah. opinion is unlikable. So this this movie for me, while I think very competent and you know, for what it is, I think it's still like kind of a C plus movie. It's it's awful. <laughs> like to me to me it's an F. But uh, but it but I, but I could, I, I see that there's still enough merit or whatever to, you know, that there's at least a competent movie there. So it, it is like a C plus. But oh man, the, the movie, the movie has everything that I hate about. I mean, I guess boxing movies and Rocky sequels and the Rocky franchise. And uh, what was your thoughts yeah. of Michael B. Jordan as the director? I think he did a a, a good job. Um, I don't think it's as well, it's well directed as uh, Creed two. Mm-hmm. And uh, Creed Two was already, you know, definitely a step down from what Mike, oh, what Ryan Coogler brought to the first Creed. Mm-hmm. But um, and Creed Two was directed by someone else. I can't remember his name, but um, uh, yeah, uh, I don't remember his name either. But he he, he did a good job though. And mm-hmm. um, this is a step down from that, but I think it's still it's not bad. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I was. It's, it's well made. I think there's promising. There's some promising things that I saw in the directing style. It's uh, a very promising debut. Yeah, I think in the beginning, in like the opening scene where we we get a flashback of uh, Donis and Dane as they're as they were growing up as uh, teenagers, young teenagers in the hood in Los Angeles, and they get into an altercation that kind of changes their lives forever. I think I thought that flashback scene was pretty decent. I go, oh wow, this is going to turn out to be a much better film than I thought, or at least you know directing wise. And then once we get into the rest of the film, I saw a little bit of like some of the mistakes uh, uh, an amateur filmmaker would make, but not that bad. I think it was a decent kind of start. And I would like to see Michael B. Jordan move into more, maybe maybe lower stakes or, or lower budget movies or something where, um, where he could just improve on his skills. Maybe he could do some TV stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know what he, w- he would be planning, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um if Rainbow Six is a hit if he directs a sequel to that. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, it seems and like And I he, wouldn't be surprised if Rainbow Six ends up being a hit if they're able to get the the video game audience and also like the audience that wants to see a war film. If you can get both of them, then I think you got a hit. And I think Michael B Jordan was pretty pretty smart of going around in interviews and saying that he was inspired by manga and anime and he has said that he is a huge fan of anime. And then you do see some of the anime styles in the film, some of the way they shot the boxing sequences. But I think it was also a distraction. Certainly in the final front uh, confrontation or the final showdown between the Creed and, and Dame, and where it really goes into a metaphorical type of way. It, it, it's, liter- it's a literal metaphor about two uh, warriors in a, in a steel match or a steel cage. And, I, and that really kind of pushed me out of the movie a lot. I mean, I, I was kind of like... It made oh. me remember... It made me think of that uh, Jet Li movie, uh, Unleash. <laughs> I mean... It's just because uh, it's in the cage, that whole movie. I mean, I didn't, like... I almost laughed out loud, I mean, when I saw the movie, or when I saw that final kind of metaphor. It would look like it, it was a kind of uh, an interesting take on it. It's a, it's a bold vision. 
but uh, I don't think he worked for the movie. I think I think he was much more subtle in earlier in the films or, or early in this film with some of the fight sequences. It, it gave it a little bit of a TV vibe, right? Well, I think the problem with the movie too is also the green screen is very evident in some of the backgrounds yeah. where they're they're fighting in a crowd or a stadium or, or arena. That's it, because of the pandemic. Well, that's what he said, right? So he, they, they were forced to really shoot some of the stuff on, on green screen, but it really showed and it, it really kind of threw, also threw me off and really made it feel a little phony. But um, I mean, I think the the biggest problem I, I have with the movie is that it doesn't necessarily have the stakes. I mean, what what makes a good Rocky movie is the underdog story. He, he is the, you know, Rocky is the underdog. Creed in the first two movies are the underdog. Here he is not the underdog. And the underdog is really the Damien character. And it just throws me off because are we supposed to hate this guy? Are we supposed to like this guy? Are we supposed to fruit for this guy? I mean, I, it, it, that's why he needs some like a cartoon villain or you know, he doesn't even necessarily need needs to make it a cartoon, but make him like a, a, a legitimate villain that we should hate. And sure, if you don't want to demonize him or, or make him like a two dimensional character, after he wins or loses the, the battle, we learn a little more of the backstory and make him more less than a villain. But that's only ha- that has to happen after the fight, you know. I think here they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to make him softer or a softer person, but also the villain. But I I, I never really got that with the, with the movie. I I I agree to to an extent. I I didn't have as much issue with with the with the fight scenes. Mostly, I think, because just because I went in with the kind of pandemic uh kind of mindset mm. but also like i was just so underwhelmed by this just the movie in general especially like by the story and mm-hmm. just like by how formulaic it was like i the fight scenes like that from from myself personally that kind of came came second mm-hmm. um so like if the rest of the movie had been great i don't, I don't think that would have bothered me at all uh it would i would have probably you know I, w- I would probably be a little bothered by it, but then, I don't know. I think the movie has bigger problems, <laughs> I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Well, I do, I do, I, I agree with you. Like, when we get to to know a little bit more about Adonis's, Adonis's family life, when he, you know, we see him with his wife, we see him with his ch- with his child, his, his daughter. I, I don't know. I was kind of bored with it, and... I was kind me of too. just bored with his lifestyle. Like I didn't necessarily. Me too, because they, I, to me, they felt like it didn't feel like um there was nothing to root for. Like I, like I was kind of trying to get at earlier with kind of like Rocky when he kind of makes it big in our, I think it was Rocky three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife, there was still something like relatable to them. They still felt very like human. Mm-hmm. For me, like uh, Adonis and and uh, Tessa Thompson and like their daughter, like. They didn't seem like bad people, but they they to me they felt more like I don't know like like Jay Z and Beyonce or something like that. They, well, exactly. Yeah, they were yeah. just like super rich celebrities mm-hmm. that cared more about their brand and like <laughs> I it felt more like Michael B. Jordan in real life, like not even the Adonis character. Like he's not even playing Adonis anymore. He's just he's just Michael mm. B. Jordan. Yeah, it's you bring up a good point because Rocky, when he became famous and rich, he was always uncomfortable with that lifestyle. In those movies, like he's always like, I don't, you know, like, you know, he's also, he's, yeah, like, he's that's, a, and that's what I was kind of trying to say. He was still like Rocky from the first movie. He was right. still that kind of awkward guy. Right. And like you, you rooted for him still. And uh-huh. you, there was a relatable aspect to him. There's nothing, none of that with Michael B. Jordan in this movie. 
I, unless if you're a critic, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we should. I mean, we should also mention that it's well, not I mean, just I mean, critics. I mean, the I mean, critics are. In, mm-hmm. I mean, the critics specifically in LA. <laughs> but I'm saying that it's just not the critics. I mean, I think the there's there's a tremendous amount of of fans who are you know normal normal audience members who kind of went. Uh, it, it got really excited about the movie. It got great ratings from audience members, and um, I'm I'm Which really shocked. Away. Yeah, I'm shocked by it. I'm assuming I'm assuming it has to mostly be um, younger audiences because uh, you know Rich brought up that um, uh, that, that there are you know. There is, you know, a negative reaction to the film. It's just not as loud. <laughs> and I think that negativity has to be from older fans and fans that, you know, have kind of seen this uh, formula, you know, done to death. Because this is not, yeah, you yeah. know, one of the better examples of a, of a boxing movie. Yeah, I was, I was actually shocked a, a lot. It seems like they took, they lifted parts from different parts of, of Rocky films. And it, yeah. and it, and you know, again, I don't think I think what what's really missing like three, four, and five all combined. <laughs> I think what's missing in this Creed movie, and in, in I guess I'll, uh, you could say also in the Rocky films, is that a, a reality of 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 the boxing sport itself. Like it, I never really felt like this is a real boxing sport. This feels like kind of a, a fictitious or like a a rosy colored version of this boxing sport where everyone is uncorrupted <laughs> you know because like in real life i i, I bought it i hmm. bought it in the in the in the rocky franchise like in i mean it was a little bit in, better uh, yeah it was rocky, a little bit better especially in rocky balboa i thought rocky balboa did uh, uh, oh, yeah. very authentic yeah there, there was wasn't that didn't they have a don king uh character in it right in that movie mm-hmm. who, who, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean that yeah it was maybe yeah you're right maybe that, that did a much better job of kind of but pe- i've seen a lot of people kind of like crapping on that movie rocky balboa and saying that uh, you know the creed franchise is better and well, well i love the first creed i think the first creed is one of the best movies in the rocky franchise if we're counting it as part of the rocky franchise yeah i do but i still think you know rocky balboa is better than uh you know these two creed two yeah two and three creed two and and probably just as good as the first creed i would you know it's funny i think now that people are younger audiences is now becoming they're seeing the Creed franchise as their own part of their own culture, pop culture. Now there's this kind of like, fuck Rocky, fuck Rocky franchise. It's all about Creed. Creed's much better and all that shit. And I just well, that's, well, Stallone's not mm. doing so Stallone's not doing himself any favors by putting down <laughs> movies like Samaritan. Hey, I like Samaritan. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, but you know what I mean. No, I mean, but a I lot think, of these movies that he's I, been putting out. I think younger audiences are trying to find their own identity with these pop culture stuff. And I think we're now going into a different era of this type of franchising that, you know, franchise that's based on older material that younger audiences are going to say, we don't need these legacy actors anymore. Fuck them and fuck their franchise. We got our own franchise. Now we're taking over. And I think we're going to see like Creed, you know, I think that's why we see a, a, a riff between the two Creed versus Rocky you know, battle or debate. And I think we're going to see that with, with, with Scream too, as, as the new uh, cast members are going to take over. And I think, you know, other kind of uh, franchise like that, I don't know. I mean, what's another kind of franchise where it was based on old. Well, re- re- really quick, I, as slightly off topic uh-huh. or kind of on topic, 
but um, not in the direction you want to take it. <laughs> okay. But uh, talking about Scream and talking about these, you know, uh, franchises, you know, uh, younger or younger cast members taking over these franchises. Do you think uh, they're they're going to kill um, uh, Gail or they're going to kill uh, Courtney in this uh, new oh, Scream movie? And it- definitely, definitely. And we should say we have not seen any. We haven't seen the movie. We have no. No, clue. and I've been avoiding spoilers. I've been completely avoiding spoilers. But it, I'm watching I, the movie in two days. It's definitely, definitely, she's gonna die. I think because I mean, I get, I think I know from like, uh, like fans I've spoken to and friends and stuff like that. We we all want Nev Campbell to come back for the final one because they planned this scream, uh, scream five, six, and seven as a little trilogy uh-huh. telling one story. Uh-huh. We all want her to come back for the next one. But do you think there's a chance they might just not bring her back? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think they don't need if if Scream Six is a huge box office phenomenon hit, the like, best in the franchise, best in the franchise, successful in the franchise. They're not gonna bring. They just back. need they just need Jenny Ortega. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you don't kill Jenna, Jenny Jenny Ortega, you're fine. Or Melissa Barrera, or and and or you know, I guess no, they could kill one of they. I think <laughs> could kill her, right? <laughs> okay, but Jenny Jenny Ortega is now like the biggest star in the world right now. With the hit of Wednesday, yeah. and so and she's like all you know she's in every meme there is. So yeah, and you know I I watched Wednesday and it's it's kind of understandable in the way because Wednesday is kind of like it's kind of like Harry Potter. Oh uh-huh, yeah, mixed with like like this like kind of like CW shows that yeah. are very popular with young audiences, and it's like you combine those two and it's like man like why didn't, why didn't anyone do this before because this is like the this is like just you know money. It's just oh yeah, yeah. but don't you, don't you think that's also what they did with uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or whatever it was called the new? Well, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. But I mean, I think it was kind of almost the same. Did it have same... a Harry Potter vibe though? Oh, I don't know. I I I, I didn't watch it because but... I because I think you really do feel that Harry Potter thing in in um in Wednesday, and I think that's a big part of the reason why it has a a big audience. That's interesting because I know Harry Potter now has become even more popular. It has especially that, with the game, especially with the game, also, but also the millennial, the younger millennial, has really kind of taken that franchise, and and really planting a flag on it and saying this is ours, and they could have it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine, <laughs> have it, but I think I think they're very protected of that franchise, and I think uh, I think that's why it's you know if they do another um, Harry Potter you know spinoff or thing, I think it's going to be huge. But really, I mean, you don't think they you don't think they need to bring back the original stars? No, I don't think I don't think so. Because my perspective is like if they bring back the original stars, that could be like maybe one of the top ten highest grossing movies of all time. Oh, it could be. I mean, I mean, there's so much love for for uh, um, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, the, and, the original trilogy, yeah. the original tri- trio of characters. Yeah, and. That would be fun to watch them come back, but uh, I don't think they need it. And there is, I and I, I there is a book. I mean, uh, J.K. Rowling did make a sequel book where the characters are older. I didn't read it. Mm-hmm. People say it was horrible, but I mean, <laughs> if you're adapting it, you can make changes. You mm-hmm. know, you could fix it. You know, I'm I sure there's that, a, a skeleton there that you could work with. I, 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 I'm not sure if J.K. Rowling has still like complete creative control over this franchise stuff. I mean. I don't know. I mean, and she is a has become like a controversial character herself or person herself. But 
even her even the that's con- not gonna, that doesn't affect box office well that's the thing even with the controversy surrounding jk rollins it still hasn't affected the popularity of harry potter and, I, and no. that's only because of the well, younger- The only thing that affected it was the quality of the Fantastic Beast movies. <laughs> yeah. So Those I- Those movies I, are horrible. <laughs> and I think they went the wrong direction with that. They tried to make it older and they should have really stuck with maybe that teenage vibe thing. Um, but we got totally out of off topic here. Uh, so oh, yeah, back- uh, Back to Scream. <laughs> oh, no, we weren't even talking about Scream, right? What were we talking about? Creed. 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 But uh, uh, just to put a stamp on it, uh, Creed 3, everyone seems to love it. Unfortunately, we both didn't necessarily like the movie. There are, yeah, I think it's mediocre. I, yeah, and I think, uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of scenes where it was just a lot of exposition, a lot of talking, which I just kind of zone out, zone out. And that's all. But, I mean... I think people are really drawn to the the fight sequences, and yeah, it does take some bold steps on on the fight sequences, which is totally different from any Rocky or Creed films. And I think people are really drawn to that that, that style. And I think that that's the thing that uh, is the last lasting uh, memory or kind of effect that they got from the movie. And I think that's why people are going a little crazy on it. But I don't know if and it's going to hold up uh, though. I think it's going to stick around for at least. A, no, a I mean, weeks. over the years, I mean, I don't think it's going to hold up as, oh. uh, in people's memories as a good movie. Well, but I, I know I, it's not going to hold up. In, I know it's not going to hold up to, you know, uh, people that I grew up with. And, you know, I'm sure guys that you guys grew up with and kind of, you know, the film critics that we follow and stuff. <laughs> but I do think it will hold up for the, the young audience because I don't Maybe. think they're going to even bother to go back to watch the classics. You know what I mean? But, um, um. I think the the thing about Creed three is that it really shows that Michael B. Jordan is a star. You know what I mean? That guy is a that guy is a movie star. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's crazy because he. I really thought you know the fact that he kind of disappeared for a while, like he hasn't made a movie I think since Creed two, and like the only things that he's like really done like were, what that that, just mercy or not not just mercy uh, without remorse, mm-hmm. horrible movie, and then um. A cameo and and Wakanda and Space Forever too. Oh, uh, and Wakanda Forever too. Yeah, and Wakanda Forever, <sighs> and it it was still enough. You know, it it wasn't enough for Channing Tatum. He just he took a break also, and he came back, and yeah, he, he didn't get this. He didn't get this love. Yeah, I think the the success of Creed three it really has to do with people loving Michael B. Jordan and anything else. Yeah. Also, I think people there's a lot of people who are now are introduced to Jonathan Majors and kind of are liking him. And he's been like, kind of been pushed as this new uh, uh, actor to watch. And so the, the forces of those two have really helped the the success of this movie, but just I judging. I still think people, I still think people don't know who Jonathan Majors is. Well, I think now they it's do. Just be, <laughs> now they do. Right. I, I maybe, think maybe, well, maybe now it was a creed, but I, mean, I think before that, I, I don't think they did. Okay. Maybe, but I think, but I think with the six, well, with the the high profile performance of him as um, Kang the Conqueror, Kang. Kang the Conqueror in in the new Ant Man movie, and now with this movie, I think now people are starting to know who he is. Oh, uh, definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. So uh, so, and I think he has a couple high profile movies uh, on the way. So he's gonna be a this is gonna be a big year for him, a really big big year for him. So I think this is the year. Of- yeah, I think he I think he has an Oscar hopeful coming out later this year, but I I will. I, if that movie's a hit, I mean, kudos to Jonathan Majors. He truly is an A-list actor. Mm-hmm. But I don't 
I don't think it's going to be it because I I think he's still um. I think he's in the, he might be in a position where people kind of know him more like for his face mm-hmm. and not necessarily by name because mm-hmm. like I've noticed like you know a, a lot of times like there's a lot of you know even at conventions a, lo- a lot of people's like they'll just know people by their character you know what I mean <laughs> it's rare that I that I see you know that many celebrities that you know people actually recognize for the, by name and usually if, when they do it has to be like a Tom Cruise or a Brad Pitt something like that yeah yeah i don't think jonathan majors is there yet but um he's definitely on his way he's on his way i think after this year and we'll see with his new projects coming out this year that i think those are going to be big hits and i think i think this might be the year of jonathan majors really and uh we'll see we'll see oh probably we'll see all right so that was our thoughts in creed 3 and uh unfortunately we did not like it and maybe that has to do with that we're not really impressed with the creed franchise anyway you know, uh, well, not, I like the first two. Yeah, but the character of Adonis Creed was never oh, okay. my favorite <laughs> anyway. So it's yeah, start I with. mean, for me, removing <laughs> removing the Rocky uh, character, I, I I mean, definitely hurt a lot. Yeah. So that was our thoughts on Creed three. Uh, before we go, before we end this episode, let's talk about Tom Sizemore. We we did talk about him earlier about how his health condition was at a very dire straits. It seems like he is now officially. Has has passed away. Uh, so your final words to Tom Sizemore, Rich, you're here with us now. Uh, talk about it. No, he was one of the the finest actors throughout the '90s, '80s, late '80s and '90s, and uh, um, he was a uh, the go-to um, you know character actor. Well, well, he basically played the same character in most films anyway. But, <laughs> but he was he was the most reliable for that character. Yeah, he was very uh, good at it. <laughs> he, he could pull off. He could pull it off. Um, and, and he made everybody else's, I mean, uh, he made, he was, you know, it, he's a spoke on the wheel. I mean, he makes the things yeah. that go round. I mean, he's a, um, uh, whatever scene he's in that he has to, you know, his lines in, in he's going to nail it. He, he, he was just one of those guys. He, it's funny. You, you, you mentioned he's a spoke in the wheel. He, I remember him saying a story about getting cast in natural born killers where he was talking to Oliver Stone and he was saying, Hey, Oliver Stone was saying to him, like, hey, I already got a table here. Woody, Woody Harrelson is a leg. Uh, Julia, Julia Lewis is an, a leg. Tommy Lee is a leg. And Robert Downey Jr. is a leg. Now, you're going to be my fifth leg. Can you handle that? And Tom Sizemore goes, yeah, man, I'm not going to fuck up your table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of great stories about Tom Sizemore at... Um, uh, you know, he's, when you hear him do interviews, especially back in the nineties, he was kind of this fun guy. Unfortunately, you know, he has, he was rippled or he was crippled with this horrible kind of drug addiction that really ruined his private life. Maybe ruined his reputation. Yeah, it definitely ruined his reputation. Um, and you know, there's that great story about how he was cast in Saving Private Ryan where he, mm-hmm. because of his reputation, you know, he was forced to, uh, to, uh, do a uh, a piss test or a drug test every day, and if he didn't, if he failed, they would automatically cut him out all the movie. And they had set up as Spielberg had set up a schedule in case of of him fucking up that they would reshoot the whole movie without him with a different actor. Sure, it's a, it's unfortunate because he he had the potential to be a very kind of respected character actor, and the movies that he did do 
people love those performances and love those movies, but I think he mm-hmm. could have been he could have been an, an, an Oscar contender or an Oscar winner. But you know, uh, Raymond, what was your thoughts on Tom Sizemore before we go? I, I mean, it, it's sad, but I mean, kind of like what we were talking about last time. We knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't have too much to add besides you know what I said last time. But I mean, it's it's sad. It's definitely sad to lose because I, I mean, I agree with you guys. He's definitely one of the. He he's he's one of those actors that would always kind of steal the show. You know, I mean, you know, whenever he was in the movie, he'd he'd always be. Your eyes would just be kind of glued to him whenever he was on screen. Yeah. So I mean, it, I it's sad, but. Yeah, and I remember uh, during the end of his, basically the death of his career, um, where where he was you know subsiding to drugs, and um, I I was always rooting for him to come back, and uh, I remember him getting that uh, uh series. I think it was uh, produced by um, um, Heat, uh, 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 Michael Mann. I think it was. Um, oh, uh, it was in, a, in a the crime. 90s. The nineties, yeah, right? It was crime. No, it was actually in the early two thousands. It was. It was. I think it had good, good ratings or whatever. Good or or good uh, word of mouth on it. Critical and, um, response. Yeah. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, it, uh, it didn't help his career at all or whatever, and he got even more, um, more, um, you know, he kept on falling. And that's that's a damn shame. Um, because he he had a lot more to do, um, uh, career wise. At the end of his career, it really seems like he was more famous for the guy being in celebrity rehab <laughs> with Drew, yeah, you know, uh-huh. Doctor Drew and stuff. Uh, it was always a, a "Where are they now?" kind of thing. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's and he was. Co- I mean, he, 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 he was constantly working. He was constantly yeah. working. He was always in these low budget, low budget movies. I mean, he worked with everybody. He worked with Scorsese and and uh, bringing out the dead, and also you know. Uh, really, Scott and uh, yeah, Spielberg. I mean, it's it's you know everyone you could think of. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he was in everything, and um, even Tony, Tony Scott, True Romance. Um, and of course, he's probably best known for uh, Michael Mann's Heat. Yeah, you know what? What makes Tom Sizemore like really spectacular was that he is he's he's one of those actors that. You just automatically believe that he, what he's saying, like he, you just believe that he that he he is a scumbag or he is a, a cro- mm-hmm. cro- crooked cop or he is like a, a a military sergeant or whatever. Like you just believe the words that come came out is out of his mouth, and that is very rare for an actor or, or a character actor. Usually, you could see the acting. There's a there's a lot of uh, actors who just you see acting and you don't believe it. And yet they still get accolades, but you know, with with Tom Sizemore, it came almost um, flawless or uh, almost natural. Um, yeah, it, it's not really much you could say about. It. He was sixty one, very early, very young still, and he passed away this past week. All right, that's it for this episode of uh, Inside Flicks. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, all right. Take care, everyone.